The coding durability test puts excess through a cycle of 10,000 strums. Through the lens of a microscope, it is clear that excess retains its composition better than other coded strings. Testing complete. Hey everyone, this is Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. Today we're at Marathon Music Works in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm joined by the lovely gentleman of Trivium. First up is Corey. Corey, how are you doing? Good. Now, Corey, tell me about this one-off. You, you kind of got the cat out of the bag that this is a very special guitar. Tell uh, me all about it. Had this for, I think they made it like 2013, I guess. Uh, I think I remember on Mayhem Tour. Okay. And I didn't even ask for this, but uh, they just, some guy from Jackson, it's like, I have some guitars for you. And he brought like uh, one of the production USA models that they were making, which is one of the red models. And then he's like, oh, we have this blue one. And I was like, I like blue guitars, so I have it. So this is the only one that they did in this, this finish. And I uh, had it for years, and I played it a lot at the house. And a lot of the time, guitars that I just have sitting at the house that I just jam on. Like I have a bunch of guitars near my couch, so if I'm watching TV, I just start noodling on them. And then eventually, I get so used to playing them at home that I'm like, I never brought this on tour, so I might as well bring it out. So this is my main seven um, that I've been using on the last couple tours. And uh, this one's cool because it has my, uh, they haven't come out yet or Ooh. anything, but uh, I have my own signature Super Duncan blackouts in this one. So uh, something we've been working on the last year. That's exciting. So this is uh, the V2s, version two of uh, the pickups because uh, we did one that I road tested on the metal tour of the year earlier this year, and then uh, over the summer, made a couple tweaks. So this is uh, the version two that we're rocking on on tour right now. So. Now, what should people know about these ones that are different than like you know someone like myself or Perry? You know, the normal people can go out and buy a set of blackouts. How's this different? How are um, yours voiced? I basically custom EQ'd them. Um, just uh, been playing blackouts since like even before they came out. I got a pair <laughs> like when they were production. Um, back in like 2005, I think it was when they did them. So I played the blackouts uh, ever since, and uh, just like for the kind of sound we're going for, the original blackouts kind of were a little more mid-scooped. Okay. Kind of a lot of low end, and uh, so basically like you see the pedals and stuff I had for a while. On tour, I was using like a six-band EQ to kind of dial in some frequencies that the pickups didn't have, uh -huh. and then eventually started talking to them, and. Uh, just started incorporating my EQ settings from my six-band EQ into the pickups, and now, now it's just my guitar straight into the head. So I don't need any other, I guess, uh, effects on the, the EQ Compensate. or tone. Yeah. So it's like uh, just kind of, you know, did my own little EQ to kind of uh, adjust the pickups to, uh, so I don't have to have as much stuff in line as I used to. Right on. Which wasn't much in the first place. So. <laughs> and and uh, Floyd Rose, I assume. Yep. Floyd Rose, and then. Uh, Typical metal fashion, just like this toggle switch and a volume knob. No tone, got rid of all the other stuff, so it's pretty, uh, and the uh, thing I like about them is like the unfinished necks are very nice. And So that's the that main one? seven, and the one a lot of people are familiar with is uh, the one that's the production model. This is the USA version, has the six string, uh, custom blackouts in them, and uh, all the same stuff, just a six string, different headstock, but uh, 
And I know that you guys came out uh, with Dunlop signature strings, the band yes. has. Yes. And what gauges are those? And then uh, referencing your seven string and your six string tunings. I can't remember all the gauges, uh, but it's like a custom set. Um, we've been using for years, but it's like uh, seven strings, like 10 to 63. Okay. And this is uh, 10 to 52, but some of the, there's some different like, cause I guess like a normal pack, if you bought like a 10 to 52 pack, ours like when we were doing them over the years, we, uh, there's a couple gauges that are a little, little off from like a normal 10 to 52s. Um, but I can't remember exactly what it is. Oh, well no, or we got a picture, but, we'll uh, fill everyone in. Yeah, so those strings have been using forever. And uh, that's basically it. And then uh, basically every guitar just has like a backup. A backup. So it's like. Uh, what are your tunings then? Um, this one is. Uh, we originally started in drop D, mm -hmm. and then about record five we went to half step down, so everything's like drop C sharp, and then seven string is just uh, like standard, like B flat. Okay. So and then everything else is just you know backups. Yeah, backups until we. Uh, do it. We have a couple other tunings, but we don't really play them that much, so we don't like to bring out quite as much shit. Alrighty. And uh, an exciting development, uh, kind of a regression, but not really, is the sense that you guys got away from the Kempers. I see there's one lurking in there, I'm sure, for uh, safety and safety net reasons. I don't think it's plugged in, though. Yeah, it doesn't even look like it's <laughs> live. But you guys are running tube amps again. Yeah. What was the decision there? Um, well, we did... 2020, we did our What the Dead Men Say record, end of 2019, I could say. And we were in the studio and uh, we had no amps and it was kind of like a bummer. Um, <laughs> we had to like scramble around to find someone that had tube amps because we always used, even when we were using like modelers and stuff, um, when uh, we were on tour, we'd use those, just the simplicity of it. And then uh, in the studio, we always like to use like real deal, like heads, cabs and all that stuff. And uh, after we finished the record, I was like, I'm not gonna, be stuck in that situation not have amps so i went like crazy scouring reverb buying all my favorite amps everything we've used on all our past records and stuff that i used to have that i really liked and uh over the years either you know went missing or something like that <laughs> yeah. but uh but i bought a ton of amps and just got really into just messing with gear again so i like just got into the old school approach pedals cabs you know amps like i have like about 20-something tube heads, tube heads at home. Um, and then just like out of all the stuff, um, you know, EVH is something we really loved. And um, so we just- Land on the 5150 Stealth. Yeah, we used that on the, the newest record. And uh, you know, I love all the, all the EVH stuff. We just kind of went with the Stealths uh, because we used them on the last record. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think you, know, you can't go wrong with any of the EVH heads. So yeah. um, I love I, the EL34 version, but uh, the Stealth we've been rocking, it's been, you know, haven't had any problems with it at all. It sounds and, great all the time. And those are 6L6s, right? Yeah. The Stealth, okay. And then we just have on stage, we just have the, the EVH cabs as well, stock, kind of how they come. So. Uh, and what are you running for pedals? I know that each one of you guys have a tray over there. Which one are you using? I'm this one. Um, as you can see, this is where the six-band EQ came in, but yep. now, now it's all flat, but I just never took it out of the out of the chain okay but uh but then it's just uh noise gate which is i'm using a decimator right now need it and then that's basically what is in front of the amp so basically it's essentially just like my guitar noise gate and then all the tones from the edh yep and then my uh trusty eventide well the eventide right here i bought 
I bought this just to have one effect in it. What was the effect? It's a multi-pitch. It's from the old H3000 oh, units. Yeah. And uh, I have a couple of those old ones, the rack units, but they're, I don't bring them on tour because they're too fragile. I don't want to break them because they're like 20 something years old, I guess, or older. Um, but I always use in the studio and uh, that effect has been on like every record since like record five. So it's like my kind of secret sauce for the, yeah. for leads and everything like that. So I use this for that effect and then... And is this, that really all you're using it for still? Yeah. Is that one effect? Yeah. It's an expensive effect. But yeah. like you said, I guess the rack, yeah. it's cheaper. Even, even Tide needs to call me or something. But, uh, <laughs> Well, hopefully they'll hear from you right now. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's when I use it live, it's very uh, kind of subtle in the mix. I don't because if you crank it too high, it gets way too like you know 80s out. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's very subtle for like kind of like a chorusy effect, and it kind of widens everything. So if you're doing um, like single note melodies and stuff like that, it really kind of like just gives it a little extra something. Because mm -hmm. um, I had it, we were doing the Maiden tour. I had it kind of cranked up a little bit, a little bit louder, and I was in my in ears. I'm like, this sounds fucking like some kind of 80s pop album it was like very chorusy and shit uh so i turned it down but it mixes really well with uh this pedal i got called the lonely ghost now what's that it is i'm unfamiliar it is a pedal it's this guy in kansas city who makes pe uh pedals by himself in his basement jeez his name's michael klein he doesn't have like a website or anything but uh it is a uh delay reverb and a uh boost in one stomp box it's a one-stop shop. Yeah, so it has like a little thing for a volume boost. So uh, there's one pedal. Kind of for leads. Yeah, so you can have, uh, depending on what you want, you know, it's got a, mostly it's uh, delay and then just like a hair reverb, just mostly for um, when we do something clean, just to have it, have it there. But uh, it's really cool. It has like the volume boost. So it's just like a one button on the side of the pedal. Mm -hmm. So you can get like, a, so when you go into a lead, you can uh, crank it up a little bit. Uh, so it's like a three-in-one, so it saves on space and uh, cabling and all that stuff. So it's a really cool pedal, and uh, yeah, it's like basically just like. Did he give you like approach you with it or like, hey, check that no, out? No, no, actually, uh, a buddy of mine actually had one, and he was telling me about it, and I was like, went and checked it out, and he's just like, he just has an Instagram page and just DM him <laughs> and buy it like through that, and uh, it's just really incredible, like the delays, because before, um, before I started using pedals, I was using a, like a rack mount like digital unit for like all the effects and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't really seem like, like at least for me when I was playing, I didn't really, I couldn't really hear any of it. So it wasn't really cutting through. And then I was just like, during a break between tours, I started messing around with like, like analog stomp box pedals and just started collecting all sorts of different delay pedals. And uh, just that one, just the delay sounded great. And just the fact that it had three things and one, yeah. don't have to like, you know, cause I think Matt, he kind of has the same setup as me with the, <clears throat> the effects but he has like individual pedals for all of them mm -hmm. so uh this one just worked out really good it's amazing quality and it's uh so it's delay reverb and boost all in one tiny stomp box so uh some guy on instagram yeah michael klein if you want to try to find him on instagram yourself or dme i can send you his his link but uh he makes uh there's a bunch of other guys uh that that play his stuff and he makes like a bunch of different pedals besides the one i'm using so there's like cool noise gates and some uh, thing makes a chorus pedal so he makes a lot of really really cool stuff and he's a super cool dude customizer colors whatever he wants so you get like a really cool like customized kind of like your own pedal yeah so it's uh works out great been using it for the last or this 
last couple, like these, since we did the start of the Iron Maiden tours, when I started using it on, on tour, and uh, it just sounds fantastic. So I'm super excited. So it's a uh, looks bigger, you know, this big old case. There's not a ton of stuff in it. And the last thing is we're using the two notes. Oh, so we use the load two, box. Yeah, we use the capsules. Two notes torpedo uh, for the fr front of house. So our sound guy just kind of we had a bunch of different. IRs and uh, we just kind of went through them and he just kind of made something that really worked for what what he was looking for out front and then uh, so we hear that in the in-ears and then we also have like live cabs for for stage sound and everything like that so none of that stuff mic'd up that's more just for feel and uh, getting that metal going on, yeah. on stage so well, cool, which we haven't had live cabs on stage for like 12 years so it's, it's probably been like a, a welcome you know, reintroduction of the analog and kind of old school approach. I'm sure you guys yeah, are enjoying like a, it. It's a combo, you know, with the tube heads and all the pedals and then using like the, like kind of having the best of both worlds with having uh, like a direct signal. So it's really, really clean up front of house. And then you don't have to worry about like a mic falling over on a cab or yeah. someone bumping into something. So it makes it a, uh, makes it really kind of clean and uh, easy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Corey, thank you so much for your time. We're going to talk to Matt, but before we let you go, I got to tell everyone out there to check out the 10th album you guys put out last year. Some of the best playing I've ever heard you do. So congrats oh, on that, man. Yeah, check it out. All right. All right. We are with Matt now. Matt, how are you doing? Very good. How are you? Very well. Exciting news. You not only have another collaboration with Epiphone, but now you're less, uh, releasing seven strings and left-handed models for all those lefties out there. It's eight SKUs, which when they first told me that, I was like, I'm incredibly honored you all sure. And luckily, they've been out of stock nonstop from just being sold out everywhere in the world. That's awesome. So, it stinks for the people wanting to get it, but it's a good sign. So they, they were correct on uh, on releasing eight SKUs. Yeah. So that's four right-handed, four left-handed, six, seven, black, white, right, left. Killer, man. Well, let's go through this one right here. Yep. Yeah, so this one I slightly customized. So I've got my stage guitars. I custom put an Evertune in, which people can order my signature through Evertune directly. Oh, wow. Or they can have a, a local luthier install it if they buy my MKH and then want to get an Evertune afterwards. My stuff at home, my stuff I use for the dressing room, my stuff I use for home studio, I don't have Evertune. So it's really personal preference. My thing with them is you're locked to that tuning if you do it. Yeah. And we are locking ourselves to these tunings because this is, you know, I've got four guitars for my, for my touring rig. So my guitar, yes, it's incredible. It's based off the original Les Paul Custom my dad got me when I was yeah. about 11, 12 years old. So I was obviously a very lucky it's a cool 11 story. My kids are, when they hit 11, they're not getting a Les Paul Custom. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get something else. Um, so they're going to get this. Yeah. Uh, which isn't bad. Yeah, so I was very fortunate. Uh, 11 is when I started picking a guitar, tried it for a pop punk band, didn't make it into the band. Then I got into metal, tried it for trivia, made it in trivia. First band, first job, still the same thing I've been doing for Rules. almost 23 years now, Damn. which is amazing. Um, so I sent my Gibson Les Paul custom, said, let's model this as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was like, I know it's apples to oranges a little bit with Gibson Epiphone, but make it play as close to this Gibson as humanly possible. Look, feel, smell, everything, sound within this budget because yeah. I know what I know what our fans can afford and I, I always wanted to have a price point that makes sense for the metal and rock audience yeah that's what I would have been able to afford as a kid you know I, I see a lot of our fans are 12 to 16 to 18 and they're gonna save up for their own stuff get a summer job to get a guitar so I want to make it affordable make it credible and that was the original black and the snowfalls we said we'd never do those again so those were discontinued completely sold out the values are going up on the second hand market which yeah. is awesome we said let's Let's figure out what this next range is. The next range, the MKH Origins. The Origins, the idea was to go back to the look of the Les Pauls when people first ever saw me. When I was 18 years old, the Pull Harder video playing the black and gold Les Paul and the Gunshot videos. I was actually playing a Les Paul Supreme that was a white and gold, but I was like, let's, for my OCD, let's make them all Les Paul Customs. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do the same, back to the OCD thing, the same hardware in both colors. So that's why it's black pickups, black knobs, gold hardware across both. It's okay. not 
gold pickups on this, but it's black, so it's all similar. Um, we did go for a weight relief last time. I wanted as heavy as Les Paul Customs because I wanted it that heavy, but this time I said, let's go light, let's go ergonomic, let's try some different things. So I went back to this this new heel. What's cool yeah. about the, the new heel, it's back to the way the classic Gibsons feel, which I do love a lot, with a slight modern touch. I feel like before I went super modern with the cutaway, which was cool, and so people prefer that with my old model versus the new model, but I prefer the classic feel. Mm -hmm. So it's a mix between classic and modern here. Went with my MKH Custom Fishman's. That's one of the big changes I wanted to do because the last one was a different pickup brand. Yep. But now I've got my own um, Matt Hafey Custom Fishman's, which are amazing. They've got push pulls. So you can actually make this thing sound like a single coil strat, which is insane. Which is super um, versatile. Yes. So a pull up on the tone on either side goes from active to passive mode, which you know there'll be preferences for, for both. And then this is where you get the split coil. So it just turns into a true split coil sound, which I do use live a little bit more now, which is awesome. So if you do the math, there's tons of configurations you could do split coil and humbucker, passive and active in the middle, etc. Um, the voicings real quick, are they the same as like the other moderns uh, in settings one and two? It's it's as it's super close to the Fishman modern, the, flu the fluences with that split coil. Okay. Because it, just like the Les Paul Custom, I felt like the Fishman fluences are perfect. And I was like, I don't want to mess with them too much because I love mm. the sound of where they're at. Let's just add something special. And that's the same thing I do with my guitar. Let's take something great and just add my slight customizations okay. to it. The seven string is a big switch up for Gibson and Epiphone because it's actually extended scale, which I didn't want to do last time because I opted to pick not to, but this time I want it for 25 and 0.5 inch scale for the seven strings, mm -hmm. six or 24 and three quarters because I like the traditional feel. Yep. Didn't want to go to 24 frets because I feel like I never really used 24 frets. That's not really for me. So it's still 22, which I prefer. Um, We've got locking rover tuners, which don't necessarily mean it's, like, it's not locking the pitch in, but it locks it so you don't have to keep winding the string. Yep. What about uh, on neck profile? I know that's something that's kind of unique to your custom model. Yep, I swapped that around. It's as thin as possible. I said, let's make it as thin <laughs> as humanly possible. So before I wanted like a baseball bat. Yeah. So I, I will. I have a tendency of being very uh, juxtapositional with the way I like to do things. So it's, yeah. it's kind of the opposite in some of those things. Last guitar was heavy as hell. Feel like Les Paul <laughs> Custom, traditional as hell. This time it's looks traditional. Let's go very, very modern with the feel. Let's make it slightly weight relieved. Let's make the neck super fast and super thin extended scale. Um, the other stuff I've got on my rig, uh, obviously the strap. I love the strap. People are like, why dual straps? Or people try to make fun of it, but it crushes. It's amazing. Like I've always felt, why do you want 100% of all the weight of a guitar on your left shoulder? Mm. I've noticed even like my left shoulder's grown weird. I'm sure all guitar players look at stuff in the mirror, their left shoulder's gonna be yeah. higher or lower than the right. Mine's higher, just overcompensating for the weight. Um, this is kind of like a 70-30 or maybe 60-40 split depending on where you do it. It's the signature Matt Hafey Richter dual strap. I love it. Even though the guitar's lighter, I still would rather wear this than a singular strap because it feels mm. better. My guitar does come with the the diamond straps, the strap pegs, which are really cool. So you can get put a strap on the guitar and start playing it right away. I still recommend putting locking tuners on there if you're gonna play live, always. Um, so use Dunlops for that. The Hafey signature dual strap, uh, the Hafey Groove Gear fret wrap. Corey actually introduced me to fret wraps. It just cleans up that little bit of extra noise if you're playing like breakdowns or something super heavy. Yeah. Like, so you're not hearing the strings the ringing up here. Yep. So I've got signature of that. I always make, I always say I'm kind of like the pawn store kiss. Like there's so many things with my name on it, including this jacket and this hat. I don't know why. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's insert, you're like a walking NASCAR. Insert the Wayne's World scene with Gar Santa, then I'll bow down to corporate sponsors. That's me. That's me. So yeah, so the, my signature pickups, my signature guitar, signature strap, signature uh, fret wraps, and then I also use the Jazz 3s, these are my signature Jazz 3s through Dunlop. Um, it says Key and Ichi, that's my middle name, uh, indefinable one. I took the max, excuse me, I took the max grip and applied it to the Jazz 3 because I felt like the grip makes yeah. it a lot better. We tried every thickness of the Jazz 3 because I've always ask. loved the Jazz 3s. And we wound up somewhere between the, the original and the carbon fiber. Okay. And they have like every range. 
I originally got into these because of John Petrucci. I saw he played the classic red ones without the grip. Yeah. Um, I added the grip, changed to gold, and it was in 2006 where Kirk Hammett was actually asking me about my pick, and I was like, oh, it's, I got the idea from John Petrucci, but this is what I use. And now his signature pick is also the Jazz 3, which he, <laughs> it's funny to me, he like found the, that from me. Shredders cool. have gravitated to the smaller pick. Why do you think that you've enjoyed it? I feel like it's more articulate. Uh, it's. It's more precise for me, although, you know, Corey would disagree. Like, he plays the classics and he plays really well, and I cannot play those classics mm -hmm. like that. I feel like it really digs in um, a lot, a lot more staccato than than that and than the standards. I also pick super hard, and I feel like this accentuates that. Like, naturally, like, it's, it's like pretty loud acoustic the way I pick, because I feel like that really plays through as a big part of the tone. People talk about gear so much, but a huge, probably one of the biggest things of tone is the hands of the yeah. player. If Corey and I just swapped everything, it would not sound like Corey right. me playing through his rig, and he would not sound like me playing through my rig. And I think that's what's such an amazing thing about instruments. Um, but that covers pretty much everything on this guitar. But yeah, so black, white, six, seven, right, left. Uh, I, I did also swap these out for the classics. I prefer the knurled knobs. I feel like they're better. I, I would have a lot of times where I'm doing push pulls with the classic knobs, the knob flies off and disappears forever. So I like these because they're pretty much implanted into the guitar. And that covers everything on the guitar. Yeah, awesome. so it's this guitar with all the signature Kichi stuff into MXR six band EQ with just a super, super slight, like you saw, like people see on the video, super slight amount of EQ curve. That goes into the KHDK, MKH, CKB overdrive pedal. That's Corey and I's custom one off. We just did a limited run. We're not making them anymore in that variant. So EQ into the overdrive, into the ISP noise gate. Okay. That goes into the head. Okay. My effects loop. For tour is a delay, a reverb, and a boost. At home, I've got the giant pedal board. I have the Miku pedal. I have the last Miku pedal that existed in North America <laughs> that Korg sent me, which was super cool. I've got a whole bunch of stuff in there because I do a lot of soundtracking stuff for like video games and stuff, so I need weird, wonky sounds. We saw one uh, in the wild. Emmett Kelly did a rig run down the list when he was out with uh, Matt Sweeney, and yeah, that was the wildest pedal I think I've ever seen. It's really silly. It's really silly. Um, yeah, so I've got a lot of really cool pedals at home, but on tour, it's nice and simple. It's just, as you see, the EQ into the overdrive into the ISP that's going to the front input and then for the lead it's the boost into the delay into the reverb and it's all is it or actually maybe it's boost reverb delay but it's all very subtle it's yeah. just a little bit the boost is just to climb the volume up a little bit um, because I stick on the same channel on the 5153 for the 5153 I prefer the stealth I prefer 6L6s I think Corey likes the 34s I like the super tight feel of the 6L6 for amps We've got 10 records out, only one of them wasn't done with some form of 5151, 2365050505. And even your Kempers were profiling yes. those things too. Yes. Um, for fly dates, I believe we're going to start using the quad cortexes. Oh, all right. Um, that's going to model this, but we really love going back to live heads. Yeah, I was going to ask the return. Yeah, because we were one of the first bands to use Axe Effects, one of the first bands to use Kempers, and both those things rule. And Kempers, I think, are some of the greatest modeling amps in the world. But for us, I noticed, like, hey, if we can shave off what feels like that bit of latency, because I feel like for the crowd, it's going to sound just as good. Yeah. Whether it's Kemper or it's EVH or it's the Quad Cortex, I think the crowd's going to be happy. It's going to sound amazing. It's going directly to the PA. But I feel like there was, like, micro milliseconds of latency when I play modeling, anything, even, like, a, like an amp suite on, like, directly on a laptop or something. I feel like the response between here and the speaker or where I'm hearing the audio was, in like, nanoseconds. I feel like having the live head in there brings that back. It brings it even tighter, even closer to like that kind of to zero. Um, we use live cabs on stage. That's just for us to feel yeah. uh, the, and the people in the front to hear. But we're running out from the Torpedo Captor X into the PA. Because I mean, why not use the head with the PA as the cab, essentially? I feel like that's the best way to do it. Mm. 
Before we let you go, Matt, I do have to give you a shout out because you did a great collaboration on like the two songs that everyone's been listening to the last how many months because of Stranger Things. That video you did with uh, obviously was like master and pup, master puppet style riffing yes. with uh, Running Up the Hill yes. as the lyrics. I can't remember who the vocalist you, you collaborated um, ten with. Ten Second Songs, Anthony Vincent. Yeah. He's got like one of the biggest and best YouTube channels out there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, check that video out and also check him out on Twitch. He's great, guys. Thank Matt, you so much. Thank, thank you. you so great much. You, Congrats you much. again on the Epiphone. Thank you. Stay safe out there and rock hard.